My dad had a darkroom set up in the basement where he did his own work. Um, and when he wasn't working, like I would spend almost the entire weekends processing and printing and working things out. And the um, contrasts and grain that I really, really liked back then, I'm still doing now. From Stockholm Studios in Bushwick, Brooklyn, this is The LPV Show, a weekly discussion from the world of photography and photo books. Here is your host, Brian Formals. What do you got going on, Tom? Uh, we've got the show going right now. We got the show going. We're, yeah. f- we're finally back. And today in the hot seat, it's uh, Sasha Leka. Hey. How's it going, man? I'm doing good. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, this is really exciting. I know. It was, uh, we, we had an opportunity to kind of finally chat. What was it two weeks ago? Three weeks ago? Two weeks ago in, uh, in your hood. Yeah, Astoria. We went yeah. to Sunswick, 3535, had a couple beers. Talked this is some good jazz. Yeah. Some yeah. Good jazz soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. Talk photo. So had you uh, kind of give me your story so we might have to repeat some of that for our listeners because I think it's a pretty interesting we'll story. around to that. Yeah, for sure. So you're, uh, I think one of the things I picked up uh, in our conversation is you have, you have this hesitancy to call yourself a photographer. And I think that's always interesting when you run into people that are photographers in my perspective. It's like, yes, you are a photographer. You think like a photographer, you behave one, you take pictures, you are, but you kind of have that, um, I don't know what it is, that hesitancy. And maybe that's because, I don't know, you, you, you're immersed in so much photography and you just kind of don't. I don't know. I'll let you, I'll let you explain it. <laughs> it's not, well, actually, this is, this is a really great first question, um, and I and I should have expected it, and I'm not really ready for it. But um, <laughs> I'm I'm less hesitant these days. Mm-hmm. But I definitely went through a, a period where it, it I it I'd flinch at the at the idea, and it was mostly I think because of my own uh, background. Uh, my, both my parents are photographers, and I've worked as a photo editor since more or less since '94, mm-hmm. and I've always been more uh, in more of a support role for photographers and hiring photographers and and working with them. And any photography I'd, I've done, uh, which started well before that, was purely just for my own pleasure and. Uh, it was not a source of income mm-hmm. for myself, and uh, and so I saw firsthand, uh, while certainly with my folks, and early on when I started working at Newsweek, that was my first real magazine job, working with some really amazing photographers, uh, learning um, a lot there, and seeing what it took for them to to really work in this business, and it ain't easy. And so for me to like walk around with a camera and take pictures, I've, I, I felt very weird about uh-huh. uh, f- using that term, although accurate, because a, a lot of people, I think once they start taking pictures for a week, then they start to feel like they're in the same kind of strata and group with like a lot of like legendary people. Right. And I, do, I didn't feel that way. I don't right. feel that way, right. but I do my own thing, yeah. certainly. But, uh, and I've been doing more lately for Rolling Stone mm. specifically. And so yeah, my feelings have changed a little bit. A little <laughs> That's bit. That's good. That's um, good. No, yeah. so you're but you're the you're the deputy photo editor at Rolling Stone, right? I get it yeah. right. Yeah. Which is the, you know, I think everyone's gonna know Rolling Stone magazine. Yeah, yeah. Um I had um uh my boss uh is uh the great Jody Peckman, uh who was uh, director of photography who but her title had been advanced to creative director. Um, she's she's been with the magazine more than half its life, and which in two years will be fifty years. Uh, and so, um, I mean, the magazine's uh, time there uh, time anyway. The um, so she knows more than anyone what works photographically uh-huh. uh, for the magazine, and uh, so it's kind of an honor to work with her. And so we've we've lost some staff recently, which mm-hmm. is really. Um, unfortunate and uh, disappointing, and so yeah, that makes me the number two. Mm-hmm. And really, there's one other person, mm-hmm. so it's a uh, it's a very tight team yeah. now, very tight and small, and we're very we're very very tired. Well, the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's another thing you said you know, about constantly being on call and like when anything kind of go, going on. But it's yeah, that's in that 
current media environment, it's such an. It seems like you always got to kind of uh, expect the unexpected and things to shift and shuffle, and it's it's a tough it's a tough time for, yeah, for any sort of magazine or media companies. You got so Rolling Stone has this rich history of photography, though, and do you feel that you know you have this legacy that it it puts. There's got to be an enormous amount of pressure to kind of like deliver, and like, how do you feel? You know, do you, do you still feel that like, you know, these days that it's you know you you can kind of a magazine like Rolling Stone can still put out this like iconic photography and be known about, or are we too saturated with photos these days where it's you know? Uh, well, you know, it's true. Like uh, when you walk around the halls, there, it's uh, it, 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 the the history is on the walls, <laughs> yeah. and it's sort of a reminder of a lot of the great work that was done there, not just photographically, but the, uh, the, the stories yeah, especially. Absolutely. And, um, and the, the, the sort of the great uh, journalism is uh, um, still being done and, uh, and some great photography. We have obviously a thinner magazine these mm-hmm. days and it's uh, and uh, tighter budgets, but uh, I think there's still some really special uh, results and yeah and uh, when um, I mean funny back it's it, it really brings me uh, back to when I first started where uh, I mean the editorial budgets have always been really lousy <laughs> right, right, and um, right. but the um, the budgets for for inter, you know for instance covering international news mm-hmm. um, was uh, was okay mm-hmm. I, I think I, back when I started and um uh, and you could have someone, you know, a photographer that is um, basically on assignment for mm-hmm. a couple of weeks, which is unheard of, you know, uh, now. I mean, a couple of weeks uh, getting getting a day rate every right. every day. Right. And, uh, <laughs> um, and in one in one um, in one moment, I, I mean, this is also when um, I think photo editors were back then were were really well versed in news. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sort of knew almost sometimes before the news editor that something was going to happen mm-hmm. in some part of the world, and this is uh, you know sending so and so over, and maybe you should be there just in case, and maybe in two weeks mm-hmm. you know a revolution mm-hmm. breaks out. Yeah, that yeah, that yeah. was the word on the street, and this happened all the time. Um, sometimes it didn't, mm-hmm. and there was one moment where a photographer, after being in ready for a month somewhere called mm-hmm. and says, you still want me to, you still want me to be here? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, oh, yeah. were you still yeah. there? You know, yeah. you should come home. Yeah. So, I mean, that doesn't, this doesn't happen yeah. anymore. I think that's, no, that's an interesting point. I deflected your question a little no, bit. No, not I at all. I brought it to some other magazine yeah, I worked but it, with a long time ago. And it's actually, now it's taken me to a different yeah. place. Something I thought about was like, you, the news, and I have a, a journalism background and the news, is, it's always been immersed in it and, you know, I consider myself a news junkie and these sort of things. And I think what, what kind of popped into my mind there is like you have what is kind of published as the news and journalism, but you have everything that happens in the newsroom. And there's like a wealth of information and things going on and like that constant like sharing of information and validating and, and making these choices that to me, it's always, you know, I've never been completely in that situation in a newsroom where I, to me, it's like, I have this kind of like fantasy of like this. This is <laughs> this would be amazing. Like you 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 get like all the dirt and you figure out what's going on. And like is that the truth or is this am I is this am I making this up? <laughs> the culture of newsrooms. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, back it, it's uh, when you when you watch movies uh, that that show this. Uh, I I don't know anyone who's been in that situation that doesn't sort of roll their eyes at it. I mean, some people <laughs> yeah. have gotten it pretty well, yeah. um, but I think back the. Uh, when I was working more breaking news, mm-hmm. and it was literally uh, you could be at a family event, you know, you could be at lunch, or you can it could be in the middle of the night, and the phone rings, and something's gone down, and you are instantly in action. Mm-hmm. Um, I was up for two days uh, from a or longer actually from a, a Vegas trip, mm-hmm. and then flown home. Uh, when Princess Diana died. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I did was call my boss and I found him in a pool hall mm-hmm. and told him what happened and then I went to work. Mm-hmm. And everyone just went to work. They didn't have to get called. They didn't have to be told. Mm-hmm. And um, so things like that. I wasn't working at a, at a, at a place where uh, uh, that 
did big news pieces mm -hmm. during 9-11, for instance, mm -hmm. but my wife didn't. And it was the same thing, where everyone just launched into these, uh, their instincts kicked in mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, were, were on the phone with every photographer they could. Uh, one editor in particular uh, who lived in, in uh, downtown um, just waited uh, while everyone was walking uptown um, from ground zero and was like, saw anyone with like a camera in their hand and like, can, can we look at those? And <laughs> right, just like right, collected right. all yeah, the stuff yeah, from, absolutely. you know, that kind of thing. So, um, and we're talking right now, I mean, is it okay to say this is yeah. Friday the 13th and some horrible news? Horrible news. Right. Like, we're in the middle of in Paris. Yeah, and yeah. it's, and when I saw the breaking news come over on my phone now, um, I, my first reaction was like, oh, I wonder what I can do about it. But, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not, I don't work in that situation anymore, right, but right. I still feel that way. And, yeah. um, uh, my wife now works at Time mm -hmm. and does international news, so I have a feeling I might not see her <laughs> later. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I think that's interesting considering mm -hmm. this show probably won't go up for six weeks. Yeah. So, you know, but yeah, we're, but we know, were just talking about. We're just talking about. Yeah, I think it is, especially in the age of social media and Twitter. You got Twitter exploding. You got all this information going on, and it's like, it's you know, it's just, we're in, it's a different environment. You know, obviously we've been in the the social media and the breaking news that sort of stuff for few years now so it's kind of like you know it feels like we've been through this and we know kind of how it's gonna you know play out you know in terms of misinformation and like changing uh, yeah, exactly. narratives and all those yeah. sort of things you know newsroom in a smaller town that's where that's yeah that would be that'd <laughs> that's be where crazy. the light i'm sure i'm sure that i think like some of the photographers are listening or um, this is probably one question they for somebody that's the you know photo editor at Rolling Stone, how does a photographer shoot for Rolling Stone, get into Rolling Stone magazine. Because I know in our conversation, you ah. said you have, you know, you've seen a lot of photography, a lot of people yeah. bringing you um, books, portfolios, these sort of things. And with the wealth of, you know, photographers out there these days and like, a, you know, smaller and smaller editorial budgets, I mean, there's this it's fierce kind of like competition to get into there, that market, you know. So how does... I've definitely never seen it quite so saturated. Uh -huh. Um and I don't know if it's just the um, the ability to pick up a, a camera that can shoot the quality that's required. Mm -hmm. um, it seems like everyone's got a, you know got a kind of a you know a foot in the, the pond, you know, and then trying <laughs> to they're trying to go for it. Mm -hmm. And we we do see people, we do meet people, but with a smaller staff mm -hmm. and with really aggressive um, deadlines, it's been hard to lately. Mm -hmm. But uh, Mostly it's been email mm -hmm. uh, promos and mail promos. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I think I was talking to you before about yeah. the kind of promos we used to get, but like I used to, and I used to keep obsessively mm -hmm. every mm -hmm. one because it was like someone worked very hard on this and I'm going to keep it and I'm going to file it away from the city they live in. I think you got one for me. I'm, I'm <laughs> sure yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, but now, and and even just today, I, I got a stack just dropped on my desk uh -huh. and what I'll just do is sort of vet them immediately mm -hmm. And most will go in the trash. Yeah, yeah. It's not because it, the work is bad, mm -hmm. because it's not work that that I, not the kind of work that I can use in Rolling right. Stone. Um, and part of uh, sort of pet peeve of mine is uh, sort of the 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 very easy ability to reach out to people via email mm. as um, like constant contact. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, was it Mailchimp or is <laughs> yeah, that yeah, one yeah. of the yeah, yeah, newsletters? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, that yeah. kind of thing where. You could just get a list of uh, photo editors and just send them out, regardless mm -hmm. of the kind of work that you mm -hmm. do. And it just—I get like fifty of these a day, mm -hmm. and uh, most are are not do not apply uh, to me. You know, it's a shot. So it's so it's essentially you know. the ease of contact has kind of basically made it almost like an irrelevant way of like yeah. getting your stuff seen. So I mean, I guess another question I would have, like, if you do look at a lot of stuff, do you have, is there certain like trends? that you you kind of see over and over. I kind of remember us talking about that where you've seen like, you know, this similar type of stuff coming over and over again. You're just like, you know, is it maybe people aren't aware of what others are doing or maybe there's just this kind of like collective, I don't know. So have you seen specific kind of things in the last few years that, you know, you would call a trend or trends? Um, not, no, I, I think I would have maybe a few years ago, uh -huh. but I think that if, well, maybe I can call it a trend, is that basically the... What a lot of people, really, really strong photographers are doing is just sort of keep, you know, finding their own voice mm -hmm. and developing it and almost without really being affected by 
by trends at all. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I, because I remember, you know, like a flash on camera, like point and shoot vibe was, <laughs> yeah. like, was being overused yeah. a lot. Um, sometimes to really good effect, yeah, but yeah. Uh, um, but you, you that's the kind of thing you might see yeah, a yeah. lot from other people. But now it's it's just more. Uh, it's not it's it's not necessarily the technology. Mm-hmm. It's the creativity mm-hmm. of the photographer, and it seems to me that the kind of people, because when we're we're considering an assignment, mm-hmm. we're often discussing multiple names, mm-hmm. and. And I, if it's someone that hasn't worked in the mag- for the magazine mm-hmm. ever, or uh, or maybe just once, mm-hmm. you, you have to make a case. You have to make a case yeah, yeah. for it, yeah. and how this is going to work. Um, and so you could have like really, if you if you follow you know other publications, someone who is already well established, mm-hmm. but at Rolling Stone, it's still you know like. How, why can't I just call this guy and hire? Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Like yeah. I'm still like arguing this point, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. But I think it's just because that's uh, that's that's just how it goes there. You know, they're they're in a way like Rolling Stone could be kind of set in their ways too. They they sure. say, like the people they work with, like most magazines. Um, and so it's hard to break into mm-hmm. the list of people that get called on regularly. Um, but it's happened uh, a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Just um, to have new people come in and. Uh, um, and be used fairly regularly, right. um, more than ever before. That's good. Yeah, and 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 it and they're all people that are, they're shoot very differently, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, I mean different levels of production and it's different kinds of lighting, but they're all just in very individual, mm-hmm. and they all have a, a very specific point of view. And I think when you are familiar with photographers and you see that photographer's work, you know it's by that right, person. Right, 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 absolutely. Um, so that's the difference. Oh, yeah. Excellent. That's a good point. So we were sitting there having having our beers at Sunswick, mm. and we started talking about Instagram. And I was talking about somebody. I was like, how does – this guy has like 10,000 followers, something like this. And I was like, how do you get 10,000 followers? And you look at me, and you're like, well, I, I have – like X amount of no, how many followers? Instagram. You told me it was like something. What's the forty five? Forty five thousand followers. I didn't have to look, which is really embarrassing. <laughs> so I was saying, you're like, how did you just? No, well, I have X amount, and you told me, but you ended up like a suggested user or something. Like that, yes, right? so I. So it was there is uh, beyond your talent. You had a little bit of help. I'm. <laughs> I'm I feel like I'm a very entertaining Instagrammer, but uh, yeah, yeah. but I th- I think. Uh, I, I'd sort of peaked into what what might be recognized as sort of like an average uh, number for, um, let's say, a, a, a well-known photographer mm-hmm. slash or and or a sort of a photo editor at a really big magazine where people <laughs> might seek them out yeah. to you know so and it was like two three thousand. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of great. <laughs> and then I all of a sudden it just started to jump and I I'd found out that, I got on the suggested user mm-hmm. list. Mm-hmm. So, but then it wasn't uh, people that were interested in what you're in doing. what I was doing, or in Rolling Stone, or in or in anything. And it was uh, largely children yeah. from uh, <laughs> other parts of the world yeah. who were very sassy, yeah, you know, yeah. and uh, you know, were very bold yeah. in telling me, you know, uh, was one I forget one uh, I forgot what image it was, but it was like some. When you look, when you click on the user, it was like a six-year-old uh-huh. who wrote, "Like you can do better." It just called me out. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it just like yeah. No matter what, it seems like you go online, you're gonna be you're in the spotlight. But so on your Instagram, yeah. you're doing mostly like you're shooting shows, and then we talked about this. And I want definitely wanted to get in. To I'm the, a follower. To the Thank music. You. I Thank wanted you. to get into the music because it, I thought that was a very interesting conversation we had. And you, so you're shooting shows and a lot of the stuff going on, on Instagram is your black and white, you know, live concert stuff. And like that's your, you can just explain what what's you're, happening. You're hitting, what's happening. What's happening. You're hitting certain haunts. You're following bands. You're kind of on, you're onto something. You feel like you're onto a. I definitely am. And, and if you go back long enough uh, on my on my feed, it's not always been the case, and mm-hmm. I, I think mm-hmm. I even checked from like the the beginning, mm-hmm. and it was just, like shots around the office, and then <laughs> I used to do a lot on the street, and then uh-huh. I used to do a lot of commuting uh-huh. stuff and a lot of skate stuff, mm-hmm. um, and it just uh, I, I realized that the Instagram account is really a reflection of exactly what I'm doing at any given moment, mm-hmm. and it changes 
depending on my work schedule. <laughs> yeah. Which changed a lot in the last couple of years. Um, it got more aggressive and um, and also like I guess in a way my health because I had like a really bad back injury. Uh -huh. So I didn't I didn't skate like this entire year almost. Mm -hmm. And so um, and that's usually when I would take skating pictures. So I realized like oh my I I haven't done it I've been to a park in forever. So anyway the uh, so it, the only time I have really is like late at night because that's when I'm not at work and I've been going I've been shooting a lot of shows for Rolling Stone since I started working there but not as often and um, you know it was something that used to get offered to me um, when it was like someone they didn't like that wasn't particularly big name uh -huh. or oh, you want to do it yeah I'll do it. <laughs> and um, or then it was or someone I really was interested in and and uh, and the magazine necessarily wasn't going to do anything. Uh, I'm very. Uh, I used to be a little bit more uh, cognizant of this, where it, it used to be. And I don't know if we talked about this, but I used to be really considered very bad form, very very bad form for a photo editor to shoot for the publication. Because uh -huh. I remember doing that for Newsweek um, during the Olympics. Uh, even like the simplest thing, like, oh, we need a shot of this beer bottle. And I'm like, oh, and it's going to go this big. And yeah. like, all right, I'll do it. And yeah. someone would call me. Oh, like, wow. what, mm. you know, are you doing, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was not cool, considered not cool. But I think that now everyone realizes that it's, you know, things like that are going to happen. Yeah. There's my coworker, uh, Griffin Lotz, is a very gifted photographer too. And mm -hmm. the, between the two of us, we're, out every few days in at a at a show, um, often at the same show, um, and uh, for us we're we're covering bands we like. Uh, I used to go to shoot a lot of big venues, which mm -hmm. only allowed you to shoot three songs and um, and 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 escort you out, and that's uh, not that not that fun. <laughs> it's not that it's not that interesting, yeah, yeah, yeah. and. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then um, I started shooting more at smaller venue at the smaller venues, which I'd I'd gone to, but I never really shot before. But um, and it's uh, and then I I got connected with uh, a couple of bands, and then I started getting connected with the bands that they're connected with, mm -hmm. and it's sort of a, a sort of a small network in um, New York, which hopefully I'll, will grow. But it's like a blast. Mm -hmm. um, Who are the bands? Yeah. Oh, well, oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's just come on. We're oh. trying to like, yeah, we're you know, <laughs> oh. we're we're chomping at the bit here to well, you know, part to of put it, some of this music. Uh, you if know, if I had to say where it all began, <laughs> yeah. uh, no, it, for the most part, for uh, there was there's a band which I uh, called the Fat White Family, uh -huh. uh, from England who basically lived here for a, a year and a half and I I saw them every time mm -hmm. they played. I mm -hmm. first time and I, and it was this was just for me like uh cultivating relationships mm -hmm. with um with labels and with PR and, on my own um for larger acts mm -hmm. that would then get in the on the website and uh and they suggested like you might want to be at this club. Nice. Just just show up. And it yeah. was it was them I'm like yes this is this is what i like mm -hmm. this is what i i want to do um and then a band there's a band called the mystery lights who are unbelievable mm -hmm. uh they had opened for the fat white family mm -hmm. uh there's a band called surfboard mm -hmm. um their shirt i'm wearing today <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh they're the, those two in particular are uh, two of the hardest working bands in new york they uh -huh. have to be they're and they're involved with uh, beyond their own kind of um, their own groups mm -hmm. um, in in the music kind of world here and uh, um, and there's, uh, there's it's a huge list of names uh, that I can I can mention um, that all sort of know each other and they're all like the nicest people yeah. and they're all incredibly gifted and just just really amazing to watch. Cool. I thought yeah. I remember when we were talking about it, and I'm interested in. You know, music is, when we're saying this, like, mu everyone, who doesn't like music? Everyone's yeah. into music to some degree. And to me, like, I have no, you know, I'll, I'll talk about the photo books. And like, when I'm into this, I have no, you know, this is my taste or whatever. When it comes to music, I'm very kind of, like, I get shy about it. I'm like, I can't, I don't. I don't, you know, I don't, like I, I, I'm not, it. I can't I go like out to, I don't go to the, I don't go to the late <laughs> night shows in, in Bushway. You know what I mean? I'm not out there finding new music. If it comes to me, yeah. normally it's been, you know, it's, it's one it, of the perks of living here. Yeah. The one, the machinery's behind it. If it gets I, to me and it has it. So like, 
what kind of struck me with like what you're talking about these bands that they're all like in this contemporary kind of like music industry you said they're like they're graphic designers at you know in midtown you know what i mean like this is their oh, day job and they're yeah. all kind of like yeah, i think not, most you know. have uh they have like they're they have day regular day jobs yeah um and so yeah they're busting their ass they're not i mean they're in, in a way like many mm -hmm. say like bring it back to photography many photographers <laughs> yeah, yeah, who yeah. are not yeah. earning money as photographers yeah. and are but just go out and do it mm -hmm. all the time and you know and then until it until they break and uh, um yeah i um i'm not you know i think i knew that I, like that i just couldn't stay away when when i especially when i had like 103 fever mm -hmm. and i i was on my couch at home and there was a show going on i'm like i have to go to this, I to go to this. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. i got up and or it was yeah. the when i in, injured my back the first time uh -huh. and uh I was so doped up on the uh, painkillers, <laughs> yeah. and and that actually I was at, not far from here at Alphaville. I oh, went. Yeah. Uh, it was a very long ride for me, <laughs> and um, the minute when I hit the M train, I was like, "This is such a bad idea." <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. I could barely walk, yeah. but I just couldn't. Couldn't. Yeah. Couldn't stay away. So uh, it's very addictive. Yeah. You know? and, well, uh, I, I mean, I do think there is. You know, I have. I, I definitely have. When you have the, friends, on yeah, the other side, yeah, it, it well, definitely. I helps. wasn't even expecting that. I mean, for me, it was like there's some really exciting performers that mm -hmm. I just really like what they what they do, and then you obviously see them like mm -hmm. like three times in a couple of months, and then more and more, and then you start to get to know them, and uh, and uh, yeah, it's really really odd. Even like there's um, we were talking about the heaters; they're mm -hmm. out of uh, Grand Rapids. And they come here often, and uh, um, nicest dudes, like ever. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. But um, so yeah. Um, but there's something about like that's the, the art where people are like they they just doing it. They don't. They're not in it. They're it not. They're to not going to make a yeah. million. Not you know. They're they might not end up on the cover. No, so no, they're not. But and it's the same uh, thing with photography. You're like fine art photography, where I'm going. To, I'm going to go out and make my photos or my pictures. I have no delusions of grandeur what's it's, gonna happen with this but i want to do it and i love like there's i think in our culture too often like it's success in art is always you know it's it's if you're not like famous and wealthy from it then you're not a success yeah, you're no. not enjoying it or it's not worth doing and i think that's ridiculous yeah, I think yeah that's something that i just don't know that we value enough is just like the, the sake of doing it for oh, yourself yeah. and for that small community whether it's music photographers Podcasters, whoever it yeah. is, you know what I mean. Like, it's here for the podcast. Yeah, it's here for the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Go podcast. Well, you know what I mean. Cult having that small yeah. audience and doing it because we like to do it because you like to connect with whoever is in it, and like that is the reward. There's you know? a hunger that's yeah. you know, and that's I mean, in a way, that's where I it, what where I get the pleasure of photographing is that I'm able to do the thing that makes me feel that way right. and be creative for you know two hours, and uh, then before I go back into the office <laughs> and. Um, you know, there's some side benefits, and I'm, it's not lost on me that they eventually find out that I do work for Rolling Stone. Uh -huh. But it, there's no illusions about you know where that they're not all are going to be included in the pages of the magazine. Yeah, yeah. Um, a couple have uh -huh. since um, since then, and um, actually the issue that closed today is um, including a photo of mine of uh, King Gizzard and the Wizard Lizard, which is uh -huh. an incredible Australian band. Uh -huh who really should be a lot more well-known here. Mm -hmm. Actually, they are very well-known mm -hmm. and, and a successful band, is, I guess. If, um, um, and uh, so, but yeah, the, 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 those are the bands I really love that are mm -hmm. either, they're, you know, they're well-known in England, but are not here, <laughs> and they're just like trying to break through, or just the, the hard-working local bands and um, just killing it. Yeah. Like, so I have a know? question on the uh, yeah. on aesthetics. You're shooting black and white. Everything's in black and white. Mm -hmm. And this, this, do you have this just... I mean, is it a classical? I mean, I love black and white. There's I love the black obvious and white. reasons for like you know the. I don't. I never ever ever want to say black and white easier than color. Like it's ridiculous. It's they not. both are whatever. Like you have to do, it. but it is a choice. Yeah. Whenever you make a choice, and you have a reason for making your choice. So, what is your reason? For it's a both? personal aesthetic mm -hmm. that, and it's from. I I've been shooting um, pictures since I was twelve, mm -hmm. and it was always tri X, mm -hmm. and my dad had a darkroom set up in the basement where he did his own work. Mm -hmm. um, and when he wasn't working, like I would spend almost the entire weekends processing and printing and working things out. And the, the, um, the kind of, uh, 
um, contrasts and grain that I really, really liked back then. I'm still doing now, but I, I, full disclosure, almost everything I shoot is digital. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have some film cameras I bring out, but it's a lot easier to, uh, <laughs> yeah. to shoot digital. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I do have like a bag of film that's just getting bigger and bigger. Oh, when, nice. it, when it gets full, I'll, I'll get it processed. I, that, that stuff I don't, I don't do yeah. right away, but like the digital stuff, I, I feel like I have to yeah. look at right away. Yeah. So, and I shoot raw and I used to, I mean, I used to only shoot, um, JPEG, and mm-hmm. if there was, uh, I used to use a really mm-hmm. cheap Olympus cameras. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't mean to say Olympus cameras are cheap, yeah. uh, but they have a less expensive. Well, the Olympus, what is it? Is it the XA or no? Is it we're the going back a little bit. Stylus. The, um, no, it was oh. the um, oh, wow. the it was uh, the sort of extension of their their first professional digital line, mm. which is the E1, which I do oh, not okay. like. Oh, yeah. Okay. But the they had the uh, the E100, mm-hmm. the E300, E500. Which I still have them, and um, they had a black and white setting on, which I would always use, and it looked really good. Um, and so, and that was also after talking to like really famous photographers um, about their black and white work, and their like philosophy on, at the time was like, if if you're shooting, if your intention is to be shooting black and white, then you should shoot it as a Shoot the black and white setting. Yeah. So there's no there's no chance of you getting the color. Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing that. I'm totally doing that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> now I'm like, I and now it's just strictly raw, and I, I, um, spend a miserable amount of time in life. <laughs> not, <laughs> like so much, not, not so much. Not so much. I mean, it's black and white. Oh, I mean, come no, on I'll now. Do, like, you got You can spend some left time. Yeah, it's I. I know what I like. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, speaking of what you like, we're going to come back in a few minutes. All right. Maybe not a few minutes. I don't know. We might listen to a song. I don't know. We'll be back with the books. Sometimes, sometimes with the show, I wish we could, we could record everything, but unfortunately, yeah, we, we talk about other things, not recorded uh, on the no, show. No, I mean it's you know you get you have there's some things that just don't should never be recorded. No, there's, there's a, a lot of behind the scenes <laughs> drama, intrigue, yeah. drama, strategizing. Yeah. You know, anyone out there is probably familiar. But we're here to talk about photo books, and I think you. I mean, I don't. We don't keep track of this, Tom, of like the record number of books that anyone has brought in one single visit. But I would have people, to say, people ask how many they should bring, and we never tell them. We never tell them, and I don't. Me. I do not want to tell anyone. I never want to tell anyone because some days someone is will bring you a two bags of books, yes, two piles of photo books from their shelves, and it's overwhelming and it's amazing. You have. No idea, and you. You're this is one of those. Days. This is one of those days, and you're exposed to all these books, and and this is exactly. And I, 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 again, I repeat myself over and over, but this is exactly why we do the show. And here we're we're going to talk about. We got four books here, and the first one I want to talk about since we were, you know, we kind of ended on on music, and I want to go dive into this music book. And it's made in the UK. Music of Attitude, 1977 to 1983. Jeanette Beckman. So why don't you tell us a little bit about this book? This is a good transition. It is um, good because Jeanette is. Uh, excuse me, sorry. <laughs> um, this is a book. I think uh, it's popular. It's a very popular book. Besides being a very good photo book, I uh-huh. think it's. I, I I could be wrong, but I, I know I've seen it in 
in uh, like Urban Outfitters, uh-huh. you know, like that uh-huh. kind of book pile. It's very, very, it's a very cool book to kind of have on your shelf, and and then maybe never look at it. But the um, but there's some very special images mm-hmm. in this book of a very uh, interesting time in the UK for music, for culture, and Jeanette was right there and mm-hmm. just making some amazing, amazing photographs. And the the kind of there the kind of photographs that you might feel like that literally there might have been no one else kind of shooting this. Although yeah. there there were, but like some of these are just unforgettable. Sex Pistols, Boy George. Who else is in here? I mean, come on, you're uh, the music guy. Tracy gotta, Thorne's in there. Um, Elvis Costello's in there. Lydia mm-hmm. Lunch is in there. Mm-hmm. And um, I think The Clash is in there. I'm Clash in there. Somewhere in there. And she, uh, Jeanette, is also very generous um, with her knowledge and her um, talents and uh, I got to meet her a couple of times I, I've been in the same uh, place with her a couple of shows actually yeah. uh, when you look over and Jeanette Beckman's there and I kind of like oh my gosh <laughs> Jeanette Beckman's here um, and in the, in one uh, instance there was a music festival where she was in the VIP but she did not have a pass for the, the photo oh. pit and we sort of like did a little Slight a hand for the guard, and my <laughs> wife actually helped get her in. Yeah, uh, and uh, it was actually the Modern Sky Festival, and uh, while while Yoko was playing, and it was kind of an amazing New York moment. Yoko singing this beautiful song, and uh, not only was Jeanette Beckman in in the pit with us, but uh, also the singer for Surfboard was there too. Oh. For um, and uh, so and just I kind of like didn't know what to do. It was like like I'm gonna shoot Yoko, but I kind of want to watch what Jeanette's doing. And Jeanette kind of has a very efficient uh, way of like I I presume just from this this moment, just kind of shooting what and and then turning around and shooting the fans. And mm-hmm. rather than the obsessing over everything that Yoko was doing, she was like, I got this. I got it. Like she got what she wanted. Mm-hmm. And She's also also opens up her studio from time to time for um, open houses mm. and to look at other people's work besides her own, and and uh, and that was that was amazing. I got to see uh, a lot of actually more graffiti artists uh, mm-hmm. uh, working around the same time and bringing in their work, and that was quite yeah. Soon. It's an yeah. amazing photos in here, and you have so you got the you know the amazing photos, candid portraits, live music, and then I like the the quotes that are kind of thrown in here as well too. And like I just you know there's a lot of cool I don't want there's cool bands in here. There's a lot of stuff going on, but I I, I just have to stop on Sting. Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't I don't know. I feel like there might not be a lot of opportunity to, to talk read, about a, Sting? read a Sting quote. <laughs> I don't know. We need to talk about him. I just want to read Sting back in it, that the time, early police. Right. That, that was. That Listen, was I'm not never going to make fun of Sting. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no. This guy's. You know, he goes. He's a one name guy. What he, was when he say Sting? <laughs> <laughs> but what does Sting have to say? And this is from. So we're talking 77, 83. This is police. He's like, there's a very clear, very simple gestalt to the police. There are three blonde heads, and that's it. That's all. So once you get beyond that, there are three fairly interesting adults who actually speak coherently. I could see where the power of punk energy lay, and so we wielded it to reggae, which was a much more sophisticated and seductive thing. Because we were experienced musicians, we could do that. Sting. Very smart man. Yeah, he's a smart man. Like I said, I got nothing against Sting. But, like, yeah. It's so that, I like that. I like that. I like you know throwing the quotes. It does. It hits that. I like these time capsule kind of books. Yeah, I do. I think there's something that's on my mind a lot recently in terms of this because on the internet, people listen to the show. You heard me talk about this before. Like easily, you can dig into the archives of a specific year and you can bring up this stuff. And you don't like the imagery of a particular time. It's just. You, I don't know. I think we're kind of at the tip of the iceberg. Nineteen seventy-seven. It's a history buff for me too. Like I don't I, know. I'm always been a history, history buff, buff, you know. And also, I mean, her most famous images are uh, definitely online if you if you're searching. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you look through this book, you're gonna see some things that I don't think you kind of expected. Absolutely, great yeah. book. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so the next one we're moving on to, and this is a. Uh, Little Brown Mushroom publication, everyone who's listening. If you don't know Little Brown Mushroom, I'm not going to explain it to you. You don't deserve to be listening to the show. No, come come on. on. Outsource independent. Raising the bar. Raising the bar. If if you're listening to this show, you have to know Little Brown Mushroom. 
I mean, I just would assume. So this is Little Brown Mushroom publication, and it's we're going. It's a Magnum photographer, Trent Park. We've talked about Trent Park before on the show. Amazing photographer, black and white, Australian. And this was so one of the, I don't know if it was one of the first, but this is one of those publications through Little Brown Mushroom that really kind of caught on really quick. Yeah, and I it was, forget if it was the first or... It was in the mix. It, it was, was one of his early ones. He did a lot of things, but this yeah. was, I remember this was the first one like sold out kind of like oh, really amazingly fast yeah. immediately and people were mm. stoked about this and it's uh, Bed Knobs and Broomsticks by Trent Park. And this is, again, it's a mix of his black and white photos and then his his poetry. So that was kind of the hook. It's the photos and the poetry. It was in a, th- a thousand copies and you told me before the show you bought four of them oh yeah i wish i had bought more <laughs> yeah and um it's also modeled i don't know if the i mean the design also reminds uh-huh. me of the book the books we used to get when we were kids yes. they're also the same size and i'm yes. sure that's probably deliberate because it is yes. kind of like a fairy tale uh bedtime story uh-huh, kind uh-huh. of book and um it's 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 a small gem of a book it's exquisitely mm-hmm. printed and it's just it's just it's beautiful, and the the, the cult around Trent's work, um, I guess you discussed here before, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, is on full view, and it's really stunning. I w- and actually, I, I this is the last one I have. I, I gave the other three away as gifts, um, but the people who who have them are taking very good care of it. That's good. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think it's been interesting that Park. I mean, his uh, the Black Rose that came out too, and that was filled with a lot of his writing as well too. Yeah, and that's you know again, it's it's one of those topics that comes up frequently of photographers who incorporate their own text, their writing, those sort of things. And this is, you know, a good example of a little small, tight, compact publication. Good idea that's executed really well. And he's someone I very admire very much. <laughs> and and actually, in terms yeah. of uh, being able to sort of. Uh, connect with photographers in my own role at work or at photo festivals or book fairs. Mm-hmm. Um, he's someone I actually have never gotten to meet, I mm-hmm. think. Um, and um, so it's, uh, but every, all the other ones I think ha- I have. And, um, but I'm, I'm such a huge fan. I've watched his, the videos online of when, wherever he speaks. And so the way he kind of uh, thinks about photography and the way he, that he'll, obsess over a particular image that he's mm-hmm. trying to accomplish uh, is really inspiring. Um, and it's just so damn beautiful. Yeah, so, I mean, he just... You, I, I did have... I was fortunate enough to meet him once at a Magnum event in New York, and I cornered him, and I was like, trying whatever, and he's the nicest guy. He didn't, you know, wouldn't like know me for... That. I like to hear that. Yeah, he wouldn't know yeah. me from Adam, but, like, yeah. I started talking about street photography and, like, hanging out in the same corner, and, like, he just got really animated and really into it, and, like... At that moment, he was just, he wanted to talk photography. So he's one of those type of guys who's just like, you get him going on photography, it doesn't matter who you are. And he's like in it. He's like pure blood photographer. This is what he and, is. I mean, it. and this is, uh, I should note that the, all the photos are black and white. And mm-hmm. m- a lot of people who, who know his work might just assume that most of his work is black and white. Mm-hmm. But actually, his, have you seen his, his color work? Is, mm-hmm. is, oh, yeah. is really beautiful too. Yeah. And like, oh. He was shooting in Australia and he was shooting like medium, uh, Mamiya 7 kind of stuff, medium format, like. Late afternoon, kind of like oh, heavy shadows, really rich colors. Oh, and the oh, Christmas yeah. Christmas tree bucket is in color as well too. Oh, right, and that's right. one of his. That's a, that's one that comes up. It's his, you know, obviously his holiday book and another brilliant book. Trent Park. Maybe we'll get him on the show one day. That yeah. would be good. That would be good. Yeah. Are we gonna? Maybe we'll put. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe. You can. I don't. <laughs> Trent, if you're well, listening, work. everyone make a call out to Trent. Trent, I don't know. That probably wasn't the best pitch there, but so let's move on. <laughs> they give you beer. They give you beer. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so the next one. And this is the one. I mean, obviously these are all good books, and I never, you know, I like when there's one that kind of like I pull it out and I'm going through, and then all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute, like what's going on here? I like this. Something's going on. This is Black and Blue by Morton Anderson. Uh, you said he's Norwegian? Yeah, I believe so. It's somewhere in Oslo. Scandinavia. Oslo, yeah. Oslo Norway. Yeah, yeah, okay. So this is in... in and, like, the, and the book, this particular book is, is I think, all completely shot in Oslo. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And that's the, that's so, the yeah, book. This is your, your wandering s- around Oslo taking pictures. Exactly. <laughs> and One of my favorite genres of photography, I don't, I'm not going to use 
the dreaded uh, genre that we do not mention anymore around here. But like it is, um, he's a guy who likes to take a long walk and take pictures of, of what he sees. And sometimes it could be candid. Sometimes what have I missed? <laughs> Street photography is I've a been, bad brand. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, we don't. I don't like labeling. Anything you used to too. do that. Well, you know, maybe maybe we're dealing with some psychological issues. <laughs> is it an overplayed kind of genre? Yeah, it's an overplayed well, kind it's of genre. It's very, but this is it's because yeah. it's accessible to everyone. Yeah, you know, and yeah. actually, even there's definitely things that you see like if you, we're following a lot of people on uh -huh. Flickr, Tumblr, uh -huh. Instagram, and it's it's it, it, people who have that they're not photographers professionally, or even if they are, and they just they're just doing it all the time. And you're on the street, you're on the train, you know, if you get something great, that's great. But I think, I think you're right. It's definitely over, yeah. overly presented. And just because you took a picture on the street, it does not make you a street photographer. Which is oddly, as I'm looking at a picture of <laughs> literally <laughs> of the street, yeah, the street. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, what you don't, and they say everything you do is like, not street. but this is, to me, this but is more of this is, he, this, it's this more is, about him. This is not, a, yeah, this is not a yeah. about the street. This, you know, and it, just as we discussed before is like the, this this person behind the camera is is coming through, and his life and his experiences and and uh, which is it's the stream of so it looks a little little terrifying you know? in some parts of this book. There's uh, well, it's there's that Scandinavian bleakness, you know. It, it's it's very depressing, and, uh, and this all looks like thirty five millimeter film. Like he's you know this is like point and shoot. I think that's how it works. And actually, in this, I got direct. I was very lucky mm. to meet him in person at the. The book fair at PS1. Uh -huh. That's where I got this copy. Oh, just this year? Uh, no, uh, a couple years ago. A couple years ago, or okay. maybe two years ago. And uh, again, very nice dude. Mm -hmm. You never expect these kind of really visceral, kind of, in some cases, really disturbing images. Well, that's yeah. I mean, it, uh, that's kind of the trick of photography, right? Yeah. <laughs> it can come off as that. And he might just be the guy who's like there for a split second. And he's just walking true. around. He's not hanging around, and it's. But and I, that's, think that's, he, I think he's got some very interesting life. Yeah, and that's, that helps a lot. But how much of it? So you, I love them. I, any kind of, so this to me, I call it like a mess of photos. It's a snapshot. You put it in, and you have this thing. You, I can't imagine editing edited, for this you know. book. Like, I, well, you I, couldn't I really have, go wrong. Yeah. I can't sit here and say like, why did this picture come next or this? That's like, true. I, I don't think you put so much thought into it. You can probably mess around with it. You put it on the wall, on the floor, and then like you get somewhere, and at that point, it's done. I mean, you could do that forever. I right? have to admit, I know less about his. The, the way he kind of thinks and, mm -hmm. and, and operates, but... Uh, but you can see it in the pictures. On its own, and actually I have a couple of his books, and... So um, are the other ones in the same kind of style, or is yes, it more it, it is. thematic? Um, there's one which is very specific to, mm -hmm. to a theme. He's got a lot of books that I don't have, so mm -hmm. I can't really say for sure, but he has a book on um, where he... It's like eight years of a, of a, of a band, actually, that oh, he's wow. friendly with, and... Um, and to see their their change over eight years in terms of style mm -hmm. and and just being on the road and like crazy live experiences and uh, it's really actually it's a great music book and I was cool. had a really hard time deciding whether to bring that one bring, yeah, or this yeah. one which that other one's called ass ass time goes by uh -huh, uh -huh. and I recommend it too. Um, no, I like his uh, definitely. This this style is, hits home to me. I'm I'm a I'm a point and shoot guy. I got my point and shoot. With I love so I, I love it like too. And actually, I have a point and shoot when I go to shows too. And you know, I I mean, just to get something different. I mean, like in a way, you know, whenever it's really difficult to get something very unique at a anywhere, but at a show right, as right, well, because right. you usually have like seven other people shoulder to shoulder with you. Uh -huh. But also, these things are are made. To, to be presented in a particular way, yeah, it's, yeah. it is a stage. It's framed for you, so it's almost yeah. like when when a photographer actually shoots really well in music uh, world sends me a portfolio and it's just live. It's like all right, after a few, the first few, like yes, you can shoot live. I yeah. don't, I don't really need to see anything. Else. Yeah. Um. So when he's he's covering this that other band, for instance, or the way Jeanette in her book is. I don't think there's very many live. Actually, there's very few live pictures yeah, in the yeah. book. It's mostly just the culture surrounding the surrounding yeah, the groups, the fashion, the um, the camaraderie, the the hanging out, and um, all that kind of stuff. So, so that's more interesting. That's, I mean, maybe this is a diversion, but like in terms of because a lot of like musicians these days, it feels like they can cultivate their own kind of image with the Instagram, social media feeds, and they sure. can, they take control of it. So, is there really? And and I think like you know maybe it was back in the sixties and seventies where like 
you know, they let people, the photographer, hang around with them and like sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and like everything goes. But now it seems like the Im- your image is so. You've heard sorry. <laughs> it's so cultivated that you don't like like they don't. There's certain things you don't want access to, and it's like I'm just wondering, like how you know is that is it even possible to kind of really get that well true you know, raw aspect of the life, or is I've done or is, uh, or is maybe the sex, drugs, and rock and roll, but just a myth that was like it's you know, not. Bit, Back then there was yeah. well, you didn't have as many um, publicists, and not to put it all on them, right, which like, right. they get a lot a bad rap, right, but um, right, but. But certainly, there's definitely a lot more at stake, you know, for the ones that really break out, mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. a big money game, and they definitely have a lot of business partners surrounding them. And I've been in situations where, you know, you want to, we we do um, at from time to time a, like a tour diary or mm-hmm. like on the road piece mm-hmm. for in on in Rolling Stone where mm-hmm. we'll spend you know a day with with the band and we'll try and sort of make sure it's a day where a lot of things are happening or mm-hmm. try and make mm-hmm. a lot of things happen. Um, to give the appearance in a way like we'll be at the show, we'll be backstage, yeah. we'll hang out beforehand yeah. and do two different things. So there'll be some contrast. It won't, it won't just be a, f- a few things. Um, I would, I would love to be on a on tour with a band. Uh-huh. Um, and there, I know many photographers who do this very regularly, and they're excellent. And I don't know if it's that lucrative, but they get some amazing work, um, which then they can show, and then. Uh-huh can connect with other bands oh. and so it's 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 kind of a trade-off i you know like um the but the bands that are, haven't broke out there mm-hmm. there's no there's no real i'm just wondering boundaries, like, if you, you can know, be like, a band i'm i don't again this yeah. is probably gonna show a little bit of being naive here but like you could like given the way social media is it's like if you make it more about the lifestyle and the band and like, the music like they could cultivate their own media brand themselves that would kind of put them in the spotlight because of potentially because of the photography and the Instagram and the social media and the Twitter and maybe yeah. I don't want to say the music might not hold up to it but it seems like they have so much control of that these days that if they really have that strategy of how they want to like portray themselves that they could catch on simply because yeah. of the lifestyle or who they are rather than the I have music. to say though I do follow a lot of the, the bands that I appreciate uh-huh. some that I've Shot many times, done that I haven't at all, and I would uh-huh. like to. And and a lot of bands don't do this very well, and they put <laughs> up like the most random shit, yeah. which is like because I think it. Com- I, I actually I don't know, but it comes from like uh, they fr- they had like ten friends, you know. Yeah, and yeah. Then, but they now they have like a thousand followers, and uh-huh. it's still like they're putting up the same thing. Rather, but those really smart ones will put up like a really cool live shot, yeah. or like them in their studio when they're recording, um, or here we are outside the venue. I mean, these are kind of cliche but um right obviously if it's a good image you know then it, it it sort of keeps a connection with a fan base who are excited to see them um but yeah there's some bands that are like they're they're put up very random stuff it doesn't <laughs> really speak to what they do yeah. but it's if it's something unusual people will be down with it but um yeah it, it's definitely in this day and age something that every everyone should be doing maybe we're on the tip of the you know i mean you even get into video and like how you know the little camera i have here the sony shoots 4k video for crying out loud like so to create like you know amazing kind of like quality footage and whatever but i mean obviously producing really good interesting media is difficult that's something you would uh, in the industry would know it's like it's not it's more than just collecting the raw footage it's it's well not the whole package i mean i have to say i have an enormous fondness for uh the band i mentioned before all the bands i mentioned Mm -hmm. before but the band i mentioned before uh called surfboard Mm -hmm. their performance is incredible it's very hard it's it's fantastic punk rock uh they work really hard they're very creative Mm -hmm. um and there's no real structure for them to have, uh, you know, video. I mean, they're, you uh-huh. know, at, like at all their performances. But I, when, I'm, when I go see them, I shoot them a lot. And the, some of the images that they post are, are mine. And, um, and uh, my wife comes with me a lot, which is adorable. She loves this kind of music too, thank God. And, um, but is, uh, has been doing video as well. Oh, wow. on a, on a I forget the name of the. It's like it's actually quite old, but it's also 4K. Mm-hmm. And uh, and was really sh- I just sort of keeps it for herself and sort of works with it. And then, uh, but when 
a couple weeks ago, the singers like, I noticed you were shooting video. Do you mind if we have a look? Yeah. And so I think online they have two like on their YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah. As now two videos by my wife. But you could <laughs> so start. It's, um, I mean, what I'm kind of and it's really cool. What I'm kind of getting at is like, yeah, there's taking the cool things, you throw it up, and it's all piecemeal. But what if you came out and you had this really structured narrative where like from the beginning, like we're a band and we're gonna tell this narrative across social media that's gonna be like I said, it's very like put together, constructed, and it's like you're telling a real you could story. It'll you know what I'm saying completely boost you know yeah. any kind of efforts you you were trying to do. Well, it, seem, it seems like there's a lot of opportunity for independent content creators out there yeah. to work with bands yeah. that are yeah. pretty amazing. So the, the book I saved last is, a, you said, one of your big, big influences. And Absolutely. It, and, and a man we were fortunate to have you on had, season two. Was he met, right here? Was he in no, the seat right no, here? No, no, no. Actually we, there. we went to his place. I'm no, out here. He's not, <laughs> he's not in the I same seat. I thought I was in the Kenchless You said we were in the Kench. So it is Kenchless and he's, if you've ever had the 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 fortune to meet him in person and talk to him he's like I mean, hands down got to be one of the most intelligent people you're gonna like so talk about he's gonna be like photography culture art the history and how all this yeah. stuff mixes together so when you brought when you brought a couple of his books and I've seen you know obviously seen Invisible City and and, and the Night Walk and I've seen these other books that have been at salons uh, some of the photo book salons where he's been at but this one. I know it was sitting on the table, but I just never opened it because oh, I'm looking wow. at other stuff. So when you brought this, I was like, oh, wait. And this one, it's The Geometry of Innocence, and it's Ken Schles's is the photographer. And I, I want to I wanna just kind of read the, um, I don't know, the summary of the book on the insert here to kind of give us an idea of what's going on here because it's a complicated book, you know what I mean? So let's try to give people a little bit of context here. Twelve years after his legendary first book, Invisible City, the American photographer Ken Schles presents a second book of photographs, The Geometry of Innocence. With these images, Flesh focuses on omnipresent social structures, which, pushed by the flood of media images, are undergoing permanent, almost frantic change. This visual roller coaster sends his viewers onto city streets and playgrounds and into clubs and bars, puts them in police helicopters, and takes them to death row, hospital rooms, and militarized zones. There is no story per se, only a breathless sequence of images condensed into thematic clusters, a highly intense visual experience that viscerally grabs viewers and holds them spellbound. Conscious that the meaning of the photographic image is relative, Ken Schluss explores the role images play in forming our perceptions of the world. With Geometry of Innocence, he succeeds in creating a bold, highly sophisticated picture book. Obviously, that's coming from the publisher and not an <laughs> independent uh, critic or writer, and well, that's, yeah. that's fine. Everyone needs to promote their books. But I think you kind of get the gist of what's going on. And looking at this book... The first thing I kept saying, I, I was like, he made all these photos? Yeah. Like, because yeah. it's, again, it's like he's it's all relentless. over the place. It's relentless. Yeah. And it's such a, the, the variety of images and like the, the places he is, it's, it's just, it's overwhelming a little bit. There, it's a, there's, um, it's a mix of images where it, for a lot of the locations I can recognize as places that he either lives or lives near or has, um, has been. But then there's, some from like a a police helicopter mm -hmm. on a chase. Mm -hmm. I'm like, when did he do that? Like, what's, what's <laughs> yeah, happening? Yeah, here? yeah, exactly. Um, but it all works together. Yeah. And um and I and um. Uh, Ken is someone who uh, I got to learn about when I during my very first sort of media job at Newsweek, where he was often hired for his work, um, and we talked about Invisible City and then uh, so obsessed over that. And then uh, as I was leaving uh, Newsweek, this came out in about 2000. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think I, and as an Invisible yeah. City, it's, it's, it sort of shows us a picture of New York that, um, that I, I got to experience in a little way just because um, uh, I kind of missed some of those years. Mm -hmm. um, but then... Um, and so it's very important to me for that reason as well. It's just, just an amazing uh, book. And but this book in particular just kind of blows my mind in a different way. So this was came out in two thousand, I believe so. <laughs> yeah, and it does. It's, it's almost maybe like two thousand one. I think it's the maybe the workshop. Yeah, so he's nine eleven. Yes, he's pre nine eleven yeah. and pre like the big social media saturation of images, the whole yes. flood of images, and it seems like he's almost he's foreshadowing this a little bit. Yeah, he's like kind of has Absolutely. an idea of like what's to come and like how the, the different complex narratives like work together. And 
I mean, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to see this image. It doesn't look it's real. amazing. It uh, doesn't look real after So this, all. maybe if I describe it, it's like she, the woman is on the operating table and she's lost her finger and the only thing connecting the finger is the, the tendon, right? Is I that what it so. is? Yeah. There's some distance between the finger and the actual Some hand. distance between the finger. It's across the gutter of the magazine as well. Yeah. It's, it's, it really yeah. adds to the impact of... Uh, <laughs> that's just one of those images, and like that's, you that stuff happens. You have to stop and look at it, and it's... um. But how you work in an emergency room, and this is like your yeah. day, this is your job every day. You see it's this, nothing. It's like, whatever. Mm. Like, there has to be these doctors that just are able to kind of like turn that off and it's it's to them it's like putting together like a radio or like any other piece of equipment like here's how you like put it back together and it's no big deal right you, you know? see enough of them yeah and i mean but it is to that degree what it is it's like okay you go back and attach the finger and it's you know it's an, in our head though we're like page. <laughs> yeah. i mean figuratively the, um, um, to your point earlier about morton's work about yeah. how like it seems like it's there's not a like an edit process you know where right. he's just throwing it together and it works like, because it's just really frenetic. It's, you know, it's um, where I think Ken maybe operates in a different way. I don't know for sure exactly. I'm sure he will tell us. But I, but knowing him and, and probably from your own discussions, I think there's a very deliberate pairings like that yeah, page you just hit. Yeah. Um, and a very deliberate sequence, too. Absolutely. I would not be surprised. I, I mean, I wouldn't yeah. even, to me, I wouldn't even question it. That That is what it is. You can see it going yeah. through and, like, that's... Definitely how the way it works. And it's interesting how he's putting together these black and white and the color here a little bit too. I mean, he's a brilliant mind, man. He does uh, great work. So he's, you know, he seems to be like one of your big influences, huh? Yeah, and I um, definitely a lot of this, just sort of the subject matter he, mm -hmm. he'll tackle, which is sometimes just even his own environment um, to even his own, just his own family. Mm -hmm. um, W was a big influence and especially the way he th thinks about what well, yeah so it's going back to the sequence like this is so yeah you're working in these clusters where at the end now you go there's an end sequence which is which is amazing like a, like seven or eight photos seven or eight photos across the, the gutter like just yeah this is this is one of those moments we're doing a podcast about photo books yeah. probably doesn't like, oh, just look at this <laughs> totally come across yeah. so you got to get your hands on the book but this is a great i mean i know it's uh you know, the Invisible Cities, you know, uh, is easier to get now with the reprinting. Mm -hmm, with, and, mm -hmm. But um, I would definitely get this. I do. Well. I want, yeah, I'm I want looking out for this you still, is this Is it still available? I think so. I mean, I kind of looked we'll it up this out. morning just to just see the, the, the date of it, which was why I kind of had that date in my head. And, I, and it appeared to be kind of available. Mm. So he adds in at the end of it, and this is amazing. I love this. At the end of it, he has the captions... The image list, and it's basically a caption for every single photo. So we want to. Should we go back to the finger? Yeah, get. get should the, I read the finger? Get the finger. Surgeons caption. inspect a case of ring avulsion and contemplate finger reattachment. This woman tripped on the sidewalk as she fell. Her ring finger caught on a fence. Tissue damage precluded reattachment. Oh man! What about the police helicopter one? I'm just curious about. I thought maybe there'd be information about whether or not some of these were might have been on assignment mm. for various publications. Oh, so this is so this is Officer uh, David Bett exiting a chopper after the night shift, Los Angeles Police Department, Air Support Division, headquarters downtown Los Angeles. Seemingly going into hyperspace, this LAPD chopper responds to a call traveling at over 140 miles per hour. The streetlights below begin to streak on the film. Like, so he must have been doing this while he's making all the photos? Sure. Like, he's taking the notes? Oh, that's just, I mean, this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Can this is one of the, Yeah, this is, uh, yeah, I'm not, I don't, well, yeah. Okay. Well, that's, those are the four books, so... Oh, we wow. we could have went. We could have done this for probably another two, three, four hours because uh, the, yeah. the amount of books you got. But it, that would be too exhausting for all of us. So yeah, well, I'm thank you for letting me share, share yeah. these. You know, thanks for hauling all this over. Thanks here. for hauling. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, well, I wanted to. I mean, it's funny because I don't even. I never. When you were asking me, I was like, I don't think I have that many. And I have so <laughs> many photo books <laughs> from yeah. just having. Uh, and a lot of them, I mean, there's, I can't even begin to even name because it's not even fair, but like, um, 
there's been a lot of Kickstarters mm -hmm. and a lot of even organizations that got started um, to try and promote projects and mm -hmm. print them very well. Um, so we support those, of course, and then at book fairs just buy mm -hmm. stuff. So mm -hmm. it's uh, I'm glad we moved to a bigger apartment because it's it was <laughs> we it, we have two four, mm -hmm. two photo editors, uh -huh. each with. Um, just boxes and boxes of photo books, and I mean, and where they're very precious to us, but like we don't, I mean, we're never gonna sell these. It's good to know, share them, and like know. this is, it's good to you know have people see them. And now that we both live in Queens, I might have to, I might have to come by and check out I've this got, collection. Yeah, it's it's it was organized up until today because <laughs> I, I pulled a lot of stuff off the shelves, but uh, I definitely have a lot more music uh, material than I thought uh -huh. I did, and I didn't I didn't think I, I didn't. I mean, know, knowing where I work, I it's thought like it'd be like kind of cliche to like hey, let's bring some photo books yeah. about uh, about music, but I actually kept quite a few. Quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but any yeah, if if there's a, any photographer who works with a certain amount of passion, uh, and it's clear like these people, mm. um, it's you can't almost not get them and just sort of be inspired and feed off them from time to time. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining yeah. us. Thanks All for bringing right. the books. It's thank been a pleasure. Both. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us. You can go behind the scenes of this episode, see the work of our guests and the photos we discussed by visiting our Tumblr and lpvshow.com. If you'd like to support the production of the show, this year we are offering a subscription for $20. As a subscriber, you will get exclusive access to our weekly email newsletter, which will contain a bonus conversation about some of the interesting stories we find on the web. Also, at the end of the year, We'll be raffling off three awesome photo books exclusively to our subscribers. We appreciate your support and hope you continue to enjoy the show. If you have any questions, please feel free to send them to info at lpvshow.com or connect with us on Twitter at lpvshow. The LPV Show is executive produced by Brian Formals and Tom Starkweather. Our score is by Tom Starkweather, who also mixes the show. Special thanks to Eddie Volante and Brett A. Davis. Thanks for listening.